episode 13. And for those watching on the video, I apologize for my uh, funny mouth movements. Got busted in the mouth playing basketball last night. And for those of you who only listen to the podcast, now you're going to have to go find me on YouTube so you can see the funny faces that I make trying to talk around a uh, swollen lip. So today I wanted to talk about the wasted vote of the third party voter. So this year especially, but it, it happens in every election, we hear how if uh, those of us who are choosing to vote for a third party are wasting our vote or we're going to cost the other candidate the election. Uh, and by other candidate, I mean whichever side the person who's arguing has chosen. Uh, it never fails that it's not just Democrats and it's not just Republicans, but both sides are fully convinced that third-party voters are costing their candidate the election. And if we're being totally honest, there is some level of truth to that. I did some uh, some research and looked at the, the voting numbers in 2016 with uh, Hillary and the Green Party in particular. Uh, so if you looked at the, the big swing states that really uh, surprised the establishment and went in Trump's favor, you would, if you really dug into the numbers and looked, looked pretty closely at it, uh, if you removed Jill Stein from the equation and you took Jill Stein's votes, which Jill Stein was the Green Party candidate in 2016, and you took Jill Stein's votes and you gave them to Hillary because if we're being totally honest, uh, Green Party voters most likely are not leaning towards Republicans. Like they would, they would typically fall in the Democratic, par uh, Democratic Party's demographic. So if you remove Jill Stein entirely from the equation and you put the Jill Stein votes towards Hillary, Hillary wins all those swing states. Uh, so it, you know, it's not a, it's not necessarily untrue to say that a third party vote uh, is going to cost your your candidate the cost your candidate the election because it, it very much did in 2016 and it, and that's why uh, so I, I don't think this got nearly enough publicity okay so it didn't get any publicity whatsoever uh, the only people that were talking about it were other people who are uh, who support third party candidates uh, the Democratic Party went above and beyond to deny ballot access to the Green Party in a lot of those big swing states. I, somebody, somebody else caught on to that uh, within the DNC, and they realized that the Green Party was a threat, and they went, they really went out of their way to deny ballot access to the Green Party in a lot of key states uh, in the 2020 election. I mean, Man, like, if you want to dive into all the conspiracy theories and really look at this, the different ways that the, the Democrats have kind of rigged this election and uh, screwed, screwed over a large portion of the population with it, I mean, that, that right there is voter suppression. Like, you are not giving your, you're not giving a, a third party candidate the opportunity to even be on the ballot because you know they're a threat 
to the duopoly. Uh, that's it is complete and total bullshit in every way, and uh, and it doesn't get any coverage. the The media is not going to talk about it. No media, absolutely no media is going to talk about that because it exposes just what a total screw job and how rigged the system is. But then getting back to this year, even like for 2020, uh, it was it was very very prevalent in all of the swing states to have people from both sides, Democrats and Republicans, uh, circling the Joe Jorgensen voting numbers on the on the different polling websites and saying, you know, you people are responsible for my candidate losing. Uh, so, and, and then from, from a libertarian standpoint, especially, but generally speaking for most third-party voters, you like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the point. That's, that's why, uh, not, that's not necessarily why we do it. We don't vote for a third party to cost your candidate, whether you're right or left. We don't vote for a third party to cost your candidate the election or to ensure the other candidate wins the election. We vote because both of them are such horseshit that we don't care if we cost you the election. We don't care if we cost them the election. They are both so bad that it does not matter which one of them wins. It is more of the same no matter what. And that's why that's why a principled third party voter will look at the duopoly and say it doesn't matter which one of them is a little bit less evil than the other. I'm not voting for either one of them. Like I'm not voting for a lesser of two evil. I'm going to vote for one that I don't consider to be evil at all. Now, I mean, that's, that was completely my strategy in both 2016 and again this year. And I didn't vote for the Libertarian candidate in 2016 because I didn't think that that candidate, uh, Gary Johnson, by all accounts, Gary Johnson is a very nice guy and he's a, a really good person. But I didn't believe that he represented Libertarian values or even had any freaking clue what Libertarian values are. And his vice presidential candidate was Bill Weld, who is an absolute fucking war hawk. And that's the whole thing that pushed me away from the Republican Party to begin with was the unending, just terrible wars that, uh, you know, kill people in the Middle East for no reason. They kill people all around the world for no more reason than to promote and uh, propagate the industrial military complex and just keep the war machine turning. So we picked the candidates that as third party, like principled truly uh, committed third-party voters, we pick a candidate that represents our values and the things that we believe in and the things that we want to see. And it doesn't matter which of the other two win because at the end of the day, they are two sides of the same coin. There's nothing, there's nothing that's going to change whether it's a Republican or a Democrat that wins. And for... For all of the talk about how our third party vote is going to cost one party or the other the election, neither one of those parties, the Democrats, 
or the Republicans seem to be at all interested in actually taking a position that might win over any of those third party voters. Like browbeating us and telling us that we're going to cost you the election is not a strategy for winning us over. Like we don't fucking care. If we cost you the election, that's your fault for not campaigning in a way that made us believe in you. Like so that's what I really want. I really want to know if anybody wants to comment or like I have people who are very political on both sides of the spectrum like come on and we'll do an interview and I'm not trying to interview uh people who have loud voices in uh mainstream media or anything like that like I want to do interviews where we get on here and we do a call and we chat and it's just me and somebody else who's a normal person that has opinions and thoughts on stuff so that we can hash this stuff out and just have conversations that normal everyday people have about this kind of stuff. Cause as a libertarian who is going to vote libertarian pretty much across the board, unless the libertarian candidate is a Gary Johnson, Bill Weld type, I'm going to vote for a libertarian. And if I'm going to cost the Republicans or the Democrats an election because I voted libertarian, why aren't the Republicans or the Democrats doing anything to address that issue and actually go try to get those votes from the third party can or from the third party voters? Because so being against taxes, being against incessant wars all over the world being against mass incarceration of nonviolent offenders. These are all big things that libertarians especially stand very strongly on. And for all of his talk and bluster about being anti-war, Trump has done some to reduce troop levels uh, across the world. But nothing significant. Uh, and and at the same time, while talking about it, the war in Yemen has become worse and worse on his watch. So uh, it's, uh, it's disingenuous, to say the least. And, and principled libertarian voters see through that. The same with the, like the war on drugs hasn't ended. It hasn't scaled back. Um, Trump did do some good things in terms of working on uh, criminal justice reform, but it, it was small steps that really he didn't do a lot to initiate it and he hasn't done a lot to continue it or to push it uh, further than what it has gone. Like major steps could be taken in these directions and nothing gets done. And then on the Democrat side, <laughs> they're the polar opposite. Like the Democrat, the Democratic Party has become the police state Warhawk party. So where are, where's the appeal for a libertarian voter for either of these parties? Like obviously the third party voters can swing an election and have enough of a voice and enough of a say that we can cost your guy or girl, woman, whatever. We can cost your candidate the election. Why aren't either of those parties doing anything to try to bring us in and get us on your side. It just doesn't make 
any sense to me whatsoever. I mean, instead instead of removing the Green Party from the ballot, why don't you go appease the Green Party? Set, you know, make platform changes that actually give those people what they want instead of just completely alienating them and removing them from the voting pool altogether. And it's the system is so bullshit and it's so built on just the duopoly continuing to build itself up and up and up and squash anything else down. And the fact that people aren't, aren't waking up and seeing this, it boggles my mind. And I, I really, I really more than anything want feedback from people who are entrenched in Democrat or Republican parties and tell me why it is that you don't, that they don't seem to think that there is a strategy in trying to get the third party voters on your side, other than to tell us that we're going to cost your candidate the election that we clearly don't care about. And on the topic of the police state and the military industrial complex and all of that, that the, the Democrats seem so, uh, ardently behind these days, which is such a, a weird thing to, to think about for what the the Libertarian Party or the the Liberals and the, the Democratic Party are supposed to stand for. They should really align more with libertarian ideals of being anti war, anti uh, anti police, not not anti police. I'm gonna explain that a little bit more in depth. But what the, the Democrats have always seemed to preach the most, they should align more with uh, libertarian values on that kind of stuff. And I wanted to talk about this with the uh, second round of COVID lockdowns seemingly right on the horizon, if not actually already starting in some places. And and I'll also talk about some, uh, some good news with that as well. But I, I'm not... I'm not sure how the back the blue crowd can be anti-lockdown. And let me explain. So the back the blue tends to be the seriously right-leaning crowd that wants that is pro the police. And I for that to be a group that is also supposedly in favor of smaller government, I don't see how you can be in, I don't see how you can be so in favor of and supportive of the police force while also claiming to be a proponent of smaller government and less government control in your life. Because when all of this comes down to it and push comes to shove, the ones who are going to be enforcing these unconstitutional lockdowns will be the police. Like, I I personally know plenty of police officers. I've got a niece who's a police officer. I have been and consider myself still to be good friends with many police officers. With that being said, and I have a great deal of respect 
and appreciation for the job that police officers do. But with that being said, I also am very leery of and do not have a lot of trust in the police forces in general. Because at the end of the day, police are a bureaucratic extension. They are the enforcement wing of the government. And whether we think that the laws or mandates or rules are right or justified or constitutional or anything, at the end of the day, they're going to enforce those because that's their job. So if you back the blue, but you're anti-mask, anti-lockdown, uh, anti-all of the unconstitutional shit that the government does on a regular basis, it's a contradictory position to take. And I really feel like there needs to be some reconsideration put into that position. And like I said, that's that I don't say any of that to belittle or demean the police. I I do believe that the police have a important role to play. But the problem is that role has been so completely hijacked by the government in what they legislate and the unconstitutionality of a, a solid 85 to 90 percent of what our current government actually does anyway that it, it puts me in a position of being at odds with the police because this is all a trial run and i'm gonna i feel like i might go off the rails and sound kind of conspiracy theory uh nut job in this but it starts with the mask mandates and the lockdowns and uh, there was an article in the courier press here in uh evansville about that there's going to be like undercover squads going around making sure that different bars are adhering to mask mandates and uh <laughs> and different restrictions like they are 100% willing to completely and totally trample on your freedoms and your liberties and do it in the most unconstitutional way imaginable because that's the job and that's what they're told to do. And that should be a terrifying thing for anyone and everyone who's paying attention. And that's that's the big problem is nobody's actually paying attention. Nobody thinks nobody thinks this through and thinks about the precedent that this all sets. Uh, if you're willing to rat out your neighbors for having 12 people at their house for Thanksgiving, like you you are a part of the problem. You are the you are the secret police. <laughs> you have succumbed to the state and given up all of your freedom and given up your fucking brain. And it's it, it's embarrassing that the nation 
that threw tea in the harbor and revolted over a 3% tax that refused to allow military uh, deployments from England to stay in their homes that refused to give up their guns has become such a just an overwhelming herd of pussies. It embarrasses me. And what what really concerns me is it starts with this mass mandate bullshit and then it's the social gatherings and everything else. And eventually it leads to they're coming to round up your guns or they're coming to round up your kids to send them to a state-run indoctrination center. We already willingly send our kids to the state-run indoctrination center and people are more and more starting to break away from that and do homeschooling or private schooling. And it's only a matter of time before the government realizes that people are starting to break from that system and get away from allowing their kids to get a public education and they're starting to teach their kids stuff outside of that. And so they're just going to start taking our kids away. They're, they're going to, I sound like a nut job, but it is not that far out. It is going to happen probably in our lifetimes. Uh, and probably sooner than what most of us are comfortable with or willing to believe. And there is some good news. There is There are silver linings. There are things that are encouraging. I think uh, all of the sheriffs uh, in L.A. County said that they would not enforce uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's mandates. Uh, I know there are other sheriffs in this area and other parts of the country who have said they will not enforce these mandates. There are governors who have said they will not mandate things. There are mayors who have said they will not enforce the governor's mandates. Like there are pockets of resistance out there. And if your, if your elected officials are not a part of that resistance, you need to vote those motherfuckers out as quickly as possible because they do not have your interest in mind. They do not have your health and safety and well-being in mind. They have what helps them maintain the highest level of power in mind. And that's it. That's what all of this has been about. I started saying it back in March and April, right when the, the lockdowns and all this stuff started was number one, this is going to be way worse than any virus ever would be. The number of people who are going to kill themselves from suicide, the drug overdoses, depression, anxiety, stress, all of that stuff is going to go through the roof. That is going to be way more deadly than what this virus will ever amount to being. And that is proving itself over and over and over again as this whole thing goes. Everywhere that lockdowns have been in employed everywhere across the globe it is showing itself to be true over and over and over again that the treatment for this disease is actually infinitely worse than the disease itself but we were also saying 
me and uh you know a lot of people who think who are like-minded to me we're saying this is all a method of control. It has nothing to do with the virus. It has nothing to do with your health and safety. It is all about control and grooming people to be willing to be controlled and to be eager and happy and ask for that control. These are scary and unprecedented times that we're coming into. And we really need to take a step back and evaluate what's important as free individuals in our society. It's time to stop thinking about left and right, Democrat and Republican. And it's time to start thinking about freedom and liberty and how we can stand up for ourselves against the government that is going to impose its will on us. It's time to make a plan. It's time to find like-minded people. Um, there are a bunch of different websites and, and other types of things that, and groups, Facebook groups and stuff like that, where uh, people are getting together and talking about this stuff and preparing for what is to come because it's coming as much as I can know that I sound like a nut job for saying it. It doesn't change the fact that it's coming. And we've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. And you got to know what you're going to do and how you're going to provide for and take care of yourself going forward. Because it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Maybe a more grim uh, start to the week than I had intended. Uh, I'll probably only do the one episode this week with it being uh, Thanksgiving week. Things get kind of squirrely uh, with my schedule and everything. So this will probably be the only one for the week. Hopefully I can get some more uh, interviews set up with some either some friends who want to talk about this stuff or uh, some fans of the Peddling Fiction website. In the meantime, go get you some Lorenzotti coffee. Uh, check, check out uh, Lucky Guy Bakery and get some great brownies and cookies and stuff. And I'll see you next time. Have a good one.